Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros podcast. Welcome again. And uh, today I'm joined with uh, Roma. And Roma, I've just realized I don't know your last name. <laughs> so, uh you you don't need to know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, Roma, uh, so the, I mean, uh, just a quick uh, recap. This was uh, a topic that you suggested uh, when we met and uh, I mean, I quite agree with the uh, uh you know what was spoken but mm-hmm. uh, just why don't you give us give us a, a brief introduction about uh, yourself and then we'll take it from there cool so thank you for inviting me uh makes me really happy mm-hmm. and it's my podcast debut <laughs> <laughs> okay and yeah i'm really excited yoga is uh, one of my favorite uh discussion topics and I think I talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I think read a lot about it and I'm passionate about it. I would like my views, my thoughts to reach a maximum people. So thank you for offering me this platform. Well, thank you because this was your idea to begin with. Uh, but uh, let's let's go back uh, Roma if you can take us back to the point where you uh, let's say pivoted towards yoga because uh, as I understand it was a very different lifestyle you had. but uh, take us back mm-hmm. to that life that you had before and the pivot and what brought you to yoga and how uh, it it basically uh, transformed your life and there was no looking back uh, from that very interesting question although um i could answer in two ways do you want both the answer or go for it the platform's yours just go for it <laughs> perfect so i've been asked this question a lot in the beginning i used to tell people that yes i used to have a different life i was working with corporate and um i was introduced to yoga after i quit my job traveled the world but then the more i read the more i practiced the more i assimilated the more i learned about yoga the more i realized that no i am actually i have been doing yoga since forever since childhood mm-hmm. and i think we had a chat about it most of us have been doing yoga since mm-hmm. childhood we are just not aware about it okay so yeah you know bhakti yoga karma yoga gyana yoga raj yoga there are four types of yoga mm-hmm. and most people in the world only focus on one which is asana practice mm-hmm. the physical aspect of yoga and they overlook the other parts of yoga i'm not saying they are more important but they are also equally important so i if you ask me personally i have been doing yoga since childhood it's in my bloodline my grandmother did it until she passed away mm-hmm. my mother did it and everybody else is doing it everybody in india is doing it in some or another form you know chanting is bhakti yoga kirtan satsang that's bhakti yoga mm-hmm. reading bhagavad gita reading the scriptures that's gyan yoga okay doing selfless service serving food to hungry homeless underprivileged less privileged people is karma yoga no roma fascinating stuff but uh you know uh, when you think of yoga at least when you think of yoga now and for a guy who like me who is not uh, that involved uh in, in this i mean when you think of yoga it's basically that uh, one period you would have in a week in school where there was a yoga teacher and they would make you do asanas and stuff and you're like why am i here and what's going on 
and now go cut to the present day when you think of yoga you think are you think of two extremes you either think of somebody like i don't know baba ramdev for one and then you think of uh, these youtubers who've got these uh, you know fancy looking uh, people with their tight uh, yoga clothes and doing all these uh, these asanas now how far off are they from the real uh, you know yoga what, what what's i mean does that qualify as yoga in your opinion so i am a part of this uh, global group called yoga teachers on mm-hmm. facebook and somebody asked a very interesting question few months ago a teacher who focuses mainly in teaching only asana mm-hmm. would it be right to call them a yoga teacher mm-hmm. because yoga is more than asana and i was so happy i was so excited to hear that question uh, it was almost like it was for me i i wanted to answer and i did answer i did give a lot of opinions and thoughts and guess what uh, they were not it's a very difficult conversation mm-hmm. arjun many people are not ready to have this conversation okay. it makes people uncomfortable because a lot of people around the world including uh, indians as well as non indians white people westerners they have made identities mm-hmm. out of yoga mm-hmm. they have made careers out of yoga they are running million dollar industry on yoga they have studios shalas retreats uh, youtube channel instagram this that if someone is talking about cultural appropriation of yoga mm-hmm. if someone is talking about white privilege in yoga okay they see it as an attack on their individual personality on their career mm-hmm. on their lifestyle and which is why it makes them very uncomfortable i'll share a personal example with you if i can sure so i uh, have been living in goa for the last one year mm-hmm. and i am part of a an intimate whatsapp group where majority of the people are yoga teachers from around the world healers uh, spiritual people you know crystal healers reiki teachers all the alternative healing mm-hmm. higher consciousness people as they call it people okay. with higher consciousness okay so this group was created <laughs> this group was created during lockdown mm-hmm. so we could share uh, events related to yoga and spiritual activities and i was very happy to be a part of this group one day i introduced decolonization of yoga mm-hmm. this concept in the group and the amount of shaming the amount of bullying the amount of harassment i received from indian as well as non indian especially english people british people mm-hmm. white people it was outrageous i was so anxious i was under stress acute stress for two days mm-hmm. because people are not ready to have this conversation they don't want to know that they have been culturally appropriating yoga for last 2-3 decades they don't want to accept the fact that they don't really know yoga or they are not really practicing yoga or teaching yoga they are only teaching one of the limbs do you know yoga has eight limbs mm-hmm. and asana practice which is physical exercise is only one of the limbs which means if you are teaching practicing uh talking about only one limb Mm-hmm. you are basically only teaching 12% 12.5% out of 100 mm-hmm. it's like it's like boiling water having it and calling calling it chai okay is it chai 
did you you did not add tea you did not add sugar you did not add milk you did not add adrak elaichi sof and so many other things so mm-hmm. can you really call it chai or is it just water is it cultural appropriation of chai but roma the the question that it uh, you know uh, that the question that comes out of all this is how then has this been so successful that now when you think of yoga you automatically think of the westerners doing yoga and even indians like uh, me for instance we would end up on youtube channels where westerners are teaching us yoga so uh, mm-hmm. the the point that you raise of decolonization the first question i want to ask is how it did, did this become so famous and how was it so you know it was basically milked perfectly by uh, you know the, they basically westernized that is my first exactly. question how did it work and how do we bring it back to what it's supposed to be how do we make yoga uh you know the right kind of yoga the kind that you teach how do we make that mainstream again right so in order to answer that question i have to take you back in history you know how they say almost all the answers are in history mm-hmm. you need to understand the past you need to understand how did it happen okay. in the first place okay so again answer is colonization mm-hmm. yoga's development has been arrested and permanently disfigured through its contiguity with global capitalism mm-hmm. it started with colonization and capitalism the transmission of yoga from east to west doesn't start from a level playing field you know it begins with a dominant predatory culture feeding off the remnants of a culture it has destroyed okay for centuries mm mm-hmm. so um, like i told you there are uh, yoga what is yoga union of mind body and breath mm-hmm. simple in simple words in simple term now it was way too complex way too difficult way too much effort to understand practice and teach yoga in its true essence in its true form mm-hmm. so the easier thing to do was just to take 10 12% of it which is asana practice because that's similar to exercise you can call it mindful stretching if you want to that mm-hmm. wouldn't be uh, incorrect mm-hmm. and because uh, so i asked this question to somebody a couple of months ago that how come this became so popular and this person who is actually a white person from western country gave me a perfect answer okay he said it's simple uh, roma because it's all about demand and supply mm-hmm. if you have a, a huge demand a high demand for something you will cater to the request there was a huge demand to learn yoga to learn about indian culture to learn about this ancient sacred practice mm-hmm. however westerners western population was not prepared was not mentally prepared was not ready to give up their western lifestyle and assimilate sacred indian yogic lifestyle mm-hmm. you know sitting on the hand sitting on the floor eating with your hands practicing ahimsa practicing uh, satya not stealing not lying reading scriptures it's hard it's difficult believe yeah. me i have been trying from the last 5 years mm-hmm. and i know how hard it is to practice yoga in its true essence it takes a lot mm-hmm. it demands a lot it needs you to make massive transformation in your lifestyle and that includes your personal life your professional life your love life your sex life your social life everything mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't easy i wouldn't say possible everything is possible 
and there are some western yoga teachers and practitioner that are actually practicing yoga in its true essence but it wasn't possible for majority so they thought okay let me take just you know this 12.5% asana practice and i can do that and i can call myself a yogi mm-hmm. it's like wearing a bindi and wearing a sari oh, yeah. and trying to look like uh, <laughs> exotic indian yeah 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 uh, okay i mean yeah you can do it mm. but that doesn't make you an indian yeah. <laughs> but i mean we'll see it when you will go to taj mahal you see a lot of white foreigners a lot of westerners posing in sari and bindi so it's it's basically like that you know taking just a little fraction of it and calling it yoga is it really yoga are you really uh, practicing yoga in its true essence are you really practicing asatya ahimsa dhyana karma yoga bhakti yoga so now the other question you ask me very good question what can you do no roma i'm can just going to Yeah, I'm sorry. going to interrupt you here for a second because I have a follow-up question to my previous question, and then we'll come to the remedy of it all later on. What, yeah, okay. What okay. What boggles the mind is that fine they've taken the asanas and they've adopted it and call it uh, call it mindful stretching, and now it's uh, kind of yoga. But hmm. what they've also done is they have modified it. They have introduced concepts like uh, hot yoga, beer yoga. a uh, goat Mind yoga goat yoga goat yoga for instance <laughs> and these have also worked now what is up with uh, you know people i mean in terms of i mean you call something exotic and indian and you can just run with this idea and you can transform it any which way you like how would mm-hmm. you how do people justify you know modifying yoga and then calling it yoga still how is hot yoga like regular yoga i i i fail to understand how it's still the same thing after such a massive modification you know interesting question and i have very interesting uh, answer i mean mm-hmm. at least my opinion okay. you can agree or disagree okay um so tell me something most of us indian now i'm talking about indian people mm-hmm. only uh most of us grew up listening to american and british music yeah. is that right that's right yeah yeah we uh, wear western clothes mhm right yeah we watch american british movies or tv shows or let's say at least we used to before netflix <laughs> yeah. now we have access to international art international cinema and tv shows But there was a time in the 90s in the 2000 we were only we were only had option to watch american cinema british cinema american tv show british tv show right yeah so most of the world especially asia i'm talking especially about asia mm-hmm. we grow up idealizing fantasizing mm-hmm. british culture and american culture okay right and i'm sure you are familiar with the term white supremacy white privilege yeah yeah white people in india and in most asian countries in most uh, countries with brown people let's say uh, although i don't like that term but for the lack of a better word i'm using it mm-hmm. white people are considered better people rich people people who know stuff mm-hmm. people who are modern so most most of us have been just following white people we have just been following western people we've been following their trends whatever they do it becomes hot mm-hmm. whatever they wear it becomes trendy okay whatever they listen to we listen to it mm-hmm. queen 
was such a successful uh, band michael jackson i mean you name it there are so many examples in fact most indian millennials most indian people of my age are not even familiar with our own uh, culture mm-hmm. with our own art they have probably watched more english cinema american cinema than indian they yeah. don't even know about galib but they know about queen <laughs> they don't know about meal no honestly including yeah, yeah, yourself yeah, I, right. i mean I right. that's right <laughs> <laughs> so we grow up idealizing white culture we grow up fantasizing we want to be like them mm-hmm. you know we want we think if we will be like them we will be successful we will be rich so white people started this uh, hot yoga beer yoga goat yoga going to a, a fancy studio in brooklyn mm-hmm. or manhattan yeah, <laughs> or soho mm-hmm. wearing lululemon yoga pants <laughs> and sexy sports bra mm-hmm. uh, with a almond soy latte in hand and mm-hmm. that became a trend everybody yeah. suddenly wanted to do that mm-hmm. people forgot that shiva was the first yogi mm-hmm. people forgot that you don't need lululemon yoga pants to yeah. practice yoga you don't need uh, to eat tofu have avocado and chia seed puddings every day to be a true yogi mm-hmm. you can have uh, uh, indian vegetarian food or vegan food indian food is actually primarily vegan you yeah. know we have very good vegan options we don't need to eat hazar uh, rupaye kilo ka avocado to be mm-hmm. a yoga teacher to be a yogi <laughs> I, I Most see, I see Indian your point. people yeah. hmm. blindly follow Western trends to be cool, to be accepted. You can say it is coming from a lack of self-worth because mm-hmm. we were colonized for so long, because we were ruled for so long. We grew up wanting to become like them. We were told, I mean, come on, can you really, you have to be ignorant and oblivious if you think that Indian people don't fantasize white color. we still have uh, i mean yeah things have changed uh, we've come a long way but still you can go on any metro montreal website and you will see people looking for a white bride fair complexion bahu yeah yeah so whatever they do it becomes hot it becomes a trend I think, I think you're right and i i would uh, let's say extend this to all of asia i think you touched on this before as well it's not just uh, india I would say the yeah. whole of Asia, maybe, and even uh, Africa and South America, for instance, end up idolizing the lifestyle and uh, you know the uh, how the Europeans and the North Americans, uh, for instance, are living. And North Americans absolutely. primarily, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was living in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, mm-hmm. for one year, mm-hmm. and I was uh, surprised. I was shocked and almost to see the amount of. Uh, insecurity in women mm-hmm. everybody wants to be uh, white everybody wants to be like western women do you know thailand and korea have maximum number of plastic surgeries in the world oh wow i had no idea they are obsessed yeah if you look like a white blonde girl with blue eyes you're beautiful you're mm-hmm. perfect in fact if you go on instagram you will see most most indian fashion bloggers most indian celebrities uh are using fake blue lens fake brown lens fake uh, blonde hair mm-hmm. even in arab arab countries mm-hmm. iran morocco uh, african country and so many uh, asian countries you will see women obsessed with blonde hair obsessed with light eyes uh why everybody wants to be white why everybody wants blonde hair why everybody wants blue eyes because they think they will be accepted 
they will be given better opportunities work opportunities uh you know uh, treated better in person and believe me i have faced it myself mm-hmm. i was i have dated a number of uh, white men in my life and uh, i have seen the difference uh, when i'm walking in the street with my white boyfriend with blonde hair uh, i get a different treatment when i'm walking alone a brown indian woman with dark hair and dark eyes i am given a different treatment okay when we are sat in a restaurant um, my white partner and i the waiter automatically assumes that he has more money than i and the bill goes to him even though i have more money even though i am richer mm-hmm. even though i am making more money and i am elder nahi because that's a it's very deep rooted conditioning that white is rich you can go on dating apps and you will see if you are white if you have blonde hair if you have blue eyes if you are from a developed country you will get so many matches some very uh, interesting points there roman i would just like to uh, you know circle back to our original discussion about yoga and i this reminds me of an anecdote where uh, i remember i was on the ship uh, a few months ago and i wanted to get back into into shape and they have this fitness regime called p90x i don't know if you've heard of this so they have <laughs> so what you do is they they've made a series of videos and they give you a spreadsheet that on this day day number 1 you're supposed to do this video and day number 2 you do this video so they have a series of videos they have a spreadsheet and they have different videos like you have an upper body workout a lower body workout this and that the whole shebang one of okay. the videos in that uh, entire series i think there were about 15 uh, total videos one of the videos was on yoga and that mm-hmm. yoga was completely unlike any other yoga i've ever, ever done before imagine going from uh, let's say downward dog to a plank and they say let's add a push up in the middle now i don't recommend i don't understand the need of a push up while you're doing a surya namaskar i don't understand it but it was in it and uh, mm. i obviously uh, i had no reference and it felt a bit weird but uh, well i did it anyway and obviously i had no reference now let's go back to my second question if you will roma what mm. does india have to do to you know uh, rectify the image of yoga and transform it from what it has become to what it should be what 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 do people have to do to make it right okay so first of all provide a platform where such conversations can be had mm-hmm. don't shun someone off don't bully someone uh, because we are talking about a difficult subject and uncomfortable conversation that's the first thing we can do we can provide a safe space for these conversations yeah yeah and how can we dismantle a system which we continue to benefit from so until the mainstream yoga industry is able to acknowledge its cultural prejudice mm-hmm. and welcome indian hindu practitioners into the discussion and allow their voices to be heard i don't think meaningful change can happen it's like a white person uh with blonde hair and blue eyes talking about black lives matter mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> no matter how much you shout you're just not uh, credible enough to talk about it you have not lived that life mm-hmm. you have not been uh treated poorly based on your race you've right. not you've not experienced racism for example i'll give you an example I have been struggling to pay my bills mm-hmm. to have a a good living by only teaching yoga as an Indian yoga teacher with brown skin and 
black hair in india mm-hmm. when i was living in france when i was living in europe when i was living in a western country i was happy with what i was earning because they looked at me as an exotic indian yoga teacher mm-hmm. which again i don't i don't like being called exotic but it is what it is but in india i struggle uh to you know pay my bills by teaching yoga in its authentic form mm-hmm. in its true essence why because there are no takers right. because people don't want to know about shiva about adi yogi about ahimsa asatya they want uh, the lululemon yoga <laughs> <laughs> they want hot yoga uh-huh. they want uh, the power yoga mm-hmm. uh, the wine yoga the beer yoga yeah so how we can decolonize yoga provide safe space for these kind of discussions uh provide safe space to indian people to talk about their struggles and help promote encourage people from india people from developing or underdeveloped or poor countries mm-hmm. i i remember someone told me that um there is a very fancy yoga studio somewhere in london and it's so fancy and so expensive that most people cannot even afford to go there especially indian people okay like imagine you cannot afford to practice your own culture because it's too fancy for you because it's been commodified it's been repackaged redesigned and sold in such a fancy way that even you cannot practice it you yourself don't have access to your own culture how sad is that but uh roma let me throw another question at you know you like you mentioned earlier you were in the corporate sector as well and given our fast paced lives hmm. dare i say who has the time to completely absorb themselves into yoga i mean if you just do the asanas it's good for your body it limbers you up it's good for your fitness etc etc who has hmm. the time and the patience i would say to absorb uh yoga in its entirety let's say uh, for a guy like me what's what's in it for me how will i benefit from completely uh, you know doing yoga right and not doing the like you said uh, the lulu lemon uh, style of yoga how do i benefit from doing it right interesting question do you know that india uh, is one of the countries with maximum number of depressed people in the world i didn't know that we have the highest we have the highest uh, number of people with stress anxiety and depression and suicide mhm other than us right okay and mainly it's because of our working culture mhm because we are always uh, uh trained and taught and raised achieve cutthroat competition get more get high marks get better job get beautiful wife get a bigger uh, house get a fancier car right. there is so much pressure and not just india in fact again asian culture you know china india you can talk about thailand also we live in very highly competitive culture mm-hmm. why do you think so many indian people are successful when they go abroad when they go to developed countries because we overwork we work until you know we are uh, fried up dead we work so much western countries most developed countries don't have this culture yeah so uh, coming back to your question how can we use yoga in modern world corporate mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. you know 
so the reason why i'm talking about anxiety and stress is a lot of indian people are suffering from depression anxiety chronic depression i'm talking about here mm-hmm. um and a lot of psychiatrist therapist uh, uh, clinical psychologist gps are recommending are suggesting yoga and breath work mm-hmm. as a tool to overcome stress anxiety regulate depression right so instead of uh waiting until it's too late you know instead of waiting until you don't have any other option instead of waiting for a doctor a gp a psychiatrist a psychologist to ask you recommend you to do yoga to do breath work mm-hmm. we can do it right now instead of just doing asana practice for 24 years 30 years and then doing breath work and then doing uh mindfulness then practicing awareness why can't we start from it i mean it's our culture it's our history it's our lineage mm-hmm. we can start doing it and then we will not have the stress we will not have the anxiety or let's say not such a high alarming number you know people uh, in kerala it's either kerala or somewhere in south india mm-hmm. as little as 8 10 years old uh, kids are committing suicide because of the pressure Yeah the academic pressure that's there. Yeah. I attended this workshop uh, about mental health, uh, mm-hmm. depression and suicide in uh, Habitat Center I think last year. Mm-hmm. And I was thrown off by the statistics by the numbers. We have yoga, we have uh, mindfulness, we have spirituality in our culture. People fly all the way from people come from 7000 miles away to india to find peace to find calm mm-hmm. to find themselves and we are not accepting uh, our own culture we are not uh, using our, the tools that we are providing other people we are not using them for our benefit isn't that a shame that is a shame and i i just this 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 thought came to my head so many friends of mine uh, roma I remember mm-hmm. I found uh, these apps on their phone you know it's called Headspace or guided meditation and these are paid apps by the way I mean obviously you get some features for free and you end up have to you have to pay to un- unlock all these uh, extra features apparently they help you calm you calm yourself during anxiety they help you sleep better but like you said we we've been mm-hmm. staring at the solution all along you know we have yoga we've had yoga for the longest time exactly Yoga is a mind body practice that combines physical poses controlled breathing some people call it breath work it can be pranayama there are so many uh, categories of breath work uh, meditation relaxation it helps you reduce stress it helps you lower your blood pressure uh, lower your heart rate uh so why not do that instead of taking instead of waiting until that moment when it's too late and you have to take pills and you have to you know when you don't have any other option yeah. why waiting until that moment you have tools you have uh teachers you have scriptures it's so easily available uh everywhere it's there okay now that we that... are very uh, quick to talk about indian food we are very quick to talk about uh bollywood <laughs> you know we are very quick to talk about other stuff other things about indian culture which i also by the way love i love indian food i love uh hindi cinema mm-hmm. but then why are we ashamed or embarrassed to talk about yoga bhagavad gita uh pranayam these are gems there is a reason why so many people from all over the world 
come to India to learn yoga. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a reason why even after being ruled, even after being colonized by so many different uh, cultures and uh, nations, even they could not wipe it away. You know, even they could not completely take it away. We still have our lineage. We still have our history, our culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, why not? Why are we not accepting it? Why do we need a Western culture? Why do we need white people flying to India, coming to India, learning yoga, and then talking about it, commodifying it, repackaging it, and then then we are introduced to it. Yeah. Even though we are right here in the homeland of yoga. Yeah, that is a bit strange. Think about it. That, that even in last one decade, or let's say two decades, or three decades maximum, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yoga uh, reached... Uh, you know the peak of popularity I will say two decades honestly Mm -hmm. when I was a kid yoga was not uh, this popular it was uh, mainly for babas and uh, old aunties (laughs) (laughs) in fact uh, if you know Lisa Ray actor model yeah 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 cancer survivor she wrote uh, in her book as well that when she was a model when she was uh, an actor Yoga was only for babas and old aunties. Nobody was talking about it. People were all about Zumba and dancing mm-hmm. and cycling and gym. Yeah. So why is that? Why do we need a Western people? Why do we need uh, white people, people from developed countries to tell us about the importance of our own culture? That is a very good point, Roma. Now, uh, that brings me to my next question. Now, where might somebody go? to learn uh, yoga the right way where do you where do you even begin with these with this thing there are so uh, so many uh, options so many tools i mean are you talking about people who are in india people who are outside india for indians let's talk about indians because like you rightly said indians have now been influenced like you said uh, westerners come to india learn yoga repackage it and sell it back to us for an indian mm-hmm. let's say how should an indian like me for instance uh, where would i go and find uh, yoga the right practice of yoga how can i learn and how can i incorporate all that in my life come to me (laughs) (laughs) and this is where you can plug in using your podcast to market you can do it go for it plug in plug in your uh, practice right here and you can uh, tell people where they can find you on instagram or whatever you want to share here well definitely i mean i don't want this podcast to turn into uh, an advertising or a, you know marketing no but this is the uh, right way to do it isn't it this people he will hear about uh, yoga the right way and like for instance yeah roma when we started talking i didn't even realize that yoga has been colonized and it was you who told me about it so maybe this is the right platform you know exactly so yes if somebody is really interested in talking in learning in uh, practicing a decolonized version of yoga as i uh, like to call it or mm-hmm. yoga in its true essence definitely if they are uh, in delhi because right now i'm in delhi they can get in touch with me uh, we can give out my social media details later uh, other than that like i said i don't want this to be a marketing or advertise uh, advertisement thing but i learned yoga from uh, shivananda ashram mm-hmm. which i think is one of the best places to learn yoga in its true essence okay so i uh, will answer your first question first because i think i didn't finish my answer how do we decolonize our yoga practice mm-hmm. or how do we learn the authentic true yoga not the whitewashed version not the colonized version of it so i will answer that we can inquire within 
we can explore learn and cite correct cultural references we can ask ourselves and other yoga teachers and practitioners the hard questions we can live know share and practice all eight limbs of yoga not just asana and you can just google or you can read you can uh, learn about eight limbs of yoga mm-hmm. most of them are actually uh, you know they are related to their values their ethics if you want i can talk about them in detail uh eight limbs of yoga we can be humble honor honor our own and other people's journey and not culturally appropriate yoga mm-hmm. so that's one and then how do we find places or teachers how do we access true authentic yoga let's say in india or abroad in fact even in other countries so like i said shivananda i'm not saying that's the only place but i can tell from my personal experience not only i learned yoga in its true form shivananda also helped me connect better with my own country with my own culture mm-hmm. like a lot of indian uh, young people i felt that in my 20s i was going far away from my own culture i was a rebel i also grew up watching american tv british tv i was also uh, fascinated about western clothes western music western culture i also wanted to be like a white woman and then uh, after i spent uh, one month in shivananda ashram uh, which is tucked away in a small little corner in kerala in a village away from you know the hustle bustle of big city mm mm-hmm. and other luxuries of life right reading uh, bhagavad gita 2 hours a day taking philosophy class 1 hour a day practicing karma yoga which is selfless service each one of us is given a task without asking you what would you prefer mm-hmm. and irrespective of your background your profession your age uh, your uh, status in society let's say you're a pilot i am a doctor or you're a teacher i'm a dancer everybody anybody will be given any task mm-hmm. the teacher will decide you have no say in it and you have to do it for example i was asked to serve tea <laughs> mm-hmm. i got lucky it was pretty simple okay. but my friend who was a very uh, well known renowned uh, well well off doctor mm-hmm. she was asked to clean the toilet Oh wow. Now this was yeah this was a big hit on her ego it was a big ego check mm-hmm. because she was she didn't want to do it she had never even done dishes in her house mm-hmm. uh, she had uh, you know three people around her all the time taking care of her needs so it was a big ego check for her right. cleaning the toilet not only of yourself for other people mm-hmm. that you don't even know so it's a good ego check karma yoga selfless service uh reading the scripture chanting you can read about it uh, you will see a lot of people talking about the benefits of chanting how helpful it is to regulate stress and anxiety and how it makes you uh, calm and i'm sure you know about practicing gratitude mm-hmm. a lot of people are suggesting that if you practice gratitude first thing in the morning uh it helps you ground yourself it helps you be grateful for what you are it helps you be humble um it brings positivity in your life so all the answers are already there mm-hmm. 
all the answers are already there in our culture, in our history, in our lineage. We don't really need to take the longer route. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go 7,000 miles away and then come back and appreciate our own culture. We don't need a Prime Minister Modi or Baba Ramdev or somebody else uh, telling us that yoga is good for us. We mm-hmm. know that already. Yeah. We just need to accept. We just need to admit. We just need to open our mind and, you know, live a life uh, in sync with our authentic values. Be connected to our roots. Be connected to our history, our culture. I think that's be connected a, to who we are. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And, uh, you know, it really makes you wonder why do we end up... Uh, doing the things we do when we have the answers around us uh, you know all the time and rightly so you know we don't need a, a push like from a, a public figure such as the prime minister or a, a ramdev or whoever it's mm. the answers around us and we i think we've all uh, like you said in the beginning we're all uh, we have in some way or the other grown up with yoga around us you know we just need to let go of this uh dare i say stigma or uh, you know that uh, you know log- the way yoga is looked at that's the way indian yoga is looked at you know how it's uncool and people like the pizzazz of the whole lululemon yoga and how it looks and how it feels and i don't know man uh, i think the answers are all uh, all around us and uh, rightly so it's all it's all about deconditioning you know how they say that yeah. you don't need to learn anything you just need to unlearn things. unlearn things you just need to come back to yourself you just need to be who you are being aware being awakened uh is not about learning new stuff it's about unlearning things that we are told it's about unconditioning it's about dropping the layers the layers after layers after layers that we are told we are taught john mm-hmm. be this do that say this i mean i have seen um uh, i have seen indian parents uh, especially young indian parents they focus more on english Yeah. than their regional language they would prefer that their kids go to english schools speak english fluently uh, wear english uh, clothes and uh, you know uh, they are encouraging english culture more than indian culture while i am all for uh, trying things from different culture trying cuisines of different culture and you know i love western clothes but that doesn't mean that i hate my own culture that doesn't mean i need to be ashamed of my own my own culture my own uh, roots no that's a that's a Why very good point yeah yeah and uh, another thing your question was how do why do we go outside when the answers are within so i'll give you an example for that mm-hmm. it took me 5 years <laughs> and i went around the globe i i traveled across 15 countries i lived in five countries dated people from 10 countries oh wow <laughs> to finally appreciate my own country my own culture mm-hmm. my own homeland my own roots wow so sometimes it happens and sometimes to go far away from your home to miss home mm-hmm. to appreciate come back home होता है ना बाहर जाके चाय की याद आती है व्हेन यू आर अब्रॉड यू नो वी ऑलवेज जज एंड शेम इंडियंस हु गो टू यूरोप एंड ईट इंडियन फूड एंड आई कैन टेल यू फ्रॉम माय पर्सनल एक्सपीरियंस आई माइट नॉट ईट इंडियन फूड एज मच इन इंडिया एज आई डू व्हेन आई एम नॉट इन इंडिया बिकॉज यू आर होम सेक यू मिस इट यू मिस इट इट्स यू इट्स हु यू आर इनफैक्ट आई एम नॉट श्योर इफ आई टोल्ड यू दिस बट आई एम ऑल्सो एन एज सर्टिफाइड फिटनेस इंस्ट्रक्टर 
Okay. I was planning to become a gym instructor many many years ago. I wanted to go to Dubai and work in uh, in a fancy gym as a gym instructor. Mm-hmm. So um, we were taught in our nutrition class that you should eat what your grandparents ate. <laughs> Sorry, mm. you should eat <clears throat> what your grandparents ate. Okay, what your parents ate. Because your body is more uh, equipped of digesting that food mm-hmm. than a food from seven thousand miles away. Yep, that makes sense. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting uh, concept. I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we are all uh, how we are so mesmerized by chia seed pudding and avocado mm-hmm. and all these things that are not even easily available in our country. Yeah. Uh, while we have so many beautiful, interesting things to eat here. Well, Roma, you've touched on some very uh, interesting things, and uh, you know the conversation has. Uh, to an extent diverted off yoga but some very valid points and i think they do touch up on yoga as well what i'm going to request you is if you could send us some links uh to, to, you know for the the whole uh, like you said the eight branches of yoga so to speak and even your social media so that people who have heard your uh, this episode and who do want to get in touch with you and learn yoga the right way can get in touch with you and uh, maybe you know it can help you boost your business <laughs> why not so, Roma, thank you for your time. You've taken about 45 minutes. And I think this was a very, uh, you know, enlightening episode for me, at least. I, I really learned a lot. And uh, thank you so thank much for you. your time. Thank you for uh, having me over. And just one more thing I want to add. Sure. Yoga is not something you do in a fancy studio, in a gym for an hour and then forget about it. It's a way of living. Mm-hmm. It's values. It's ethics. If you truly practice yoga, if you truly teach yoga, if you have truly learned yoga, then you are a yogi throughout the day. You are a yogi seven days a week. Oh, yeah. You never uh, you never leave yoga in the studio or on the mat. You practice it beyond the mat as well by being humble, by being kind, by practicing ahimsa, non-violence in your speech, in your actions, as well as in your thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not something you learn for one hour and then you forget about it. You make it your life. So it's a way of life and it's not an activity as the Westerners would have you believe. And yoga, for instance, does need to get decolonized and that's why it's the title of our episode. Roma, I can't thank but you I enough. am working towards uh, <laughs> creating a platform mm-hmm. and uh, providing people access to the decolonized version of yoga. And uh, I'll be very excited when things are... I mean, things are still in pipeline, so I don't want to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But yes, I will definitely let you know when there is more action happening. About uh, social media, uh, anybody who wants to know more about it, wants to have a chat about it, wants to learn from me, they can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is Roma.YogaGirl. Roma, that's R-O-M-A dot Yoga Girl. And yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me. And if you ever have 30 days in your life mm-hmm. and you want to flip your life upside down, then definitely I would, I cannot recommend enough. Please, 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 please sign up for a 30 day uh, yoga teacher training uh, at Shivananda Ashram. And I am not getting anything out of it. I am not their brand ambassador. I'm truly, you know, when you eat an amazing food in a restaurant, you want to tell everybody about it. Exactly. Because it changed my life. It, uh, 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 you know, provided me with so much knowledge. 
I want everyone to know about it. I want maximum people to gain the benefit. So you could do that. And if you think you cannot take out 30 days, you can also go for a yoga vacation for a week or a couple of days and just, you know, experience it for whatever time you can. Right. We're going to throw in some links in the description. And uh, like Roma said, you can reach her on, on Instagram. We'll throw a link for that as well. Roma, can't thank you enough for your time. It's It's been amazing talking to you about this. And I hope to get you back on a subsequent podcast where we discuss, uh, let's say, if we My discuss pleasure. further or something My pleasure. else. Thank you so much. It was fun. Definitely. Love All right. It. See you around. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.